This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Doing better. <laughs> better than last time. I mean, honestly, credit to you because you dive right in to the offense, the defense, all the tape from just a – I feel like that game was just gross for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, probably. I mean – they're not even losing in fun ways, really, where it's like, oh, no, we lost 34 to 31. I am diving into the slop of a 20 to 17 loss. No, honestly, I said it on uh, social media today, and you can even look back. It's crazy. The divisional, the AFC championship, the Super Bowl, week one, week two, the team has lost by three points. And it's really, it's annoying because I found, I feel, I feel like when you looked at the 2021 season, even last year, week one and two, if they don't fumble the ball, they don't win against the Vikings week one at home in regular season last year. And then they start 0-2 on the season because everybody knows what happens in that Bears game. So there's just some similarities to kind of how last year went when they found ways to close. Look, they had some blowouts. And, I mean, we can remember a lot of those, some divisional games, even the Lions game on the road. But, man, just the way that it's a three-point game every week. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You don't get style points. I know we talked about it on the last episode. Would you feel better if they looked a little better out there when they get a win? I, I don't care at this point. But this team can't close. And they get off to these slow starts where they have to play catch-up in the second half. And that's not helpful. Yes, Joe Burrow has almost played hero twice in the second half of each game. Everybody knows, you know, how his first half went, but it's kind of exhausting. And how is this team going to get out to a fast start? My first thought is just dial, dial up the shot place. Uh, I would test the Jets secondary. If Jacoby Brissett can carve him up and only miss one pass on the day, I'm sure Joe Burrow and these wide receivers could. They have a pass rush. I don't want to belittle that. We remember Carl Lawson, of course. We uh, can think about Quinton Williams, good player, high draft pick. And uh, John Franklin Myers, a little bit underrated of a player, more of a run run stuffer, but he's he can rush the passer a bit too. So they have that, but if you can't dial up the deep ball against the Jets, 
it's a there's some type of structural issue because that feels like a team that you should be able to attack down the field. So I think what everybody would like, what I would like is just first, not maybe not the first play, but second, third, fourth play of the game, just a ball that's 40 plus yards downfield to Jamar Chase. Or maybe you don't want to throw it to Chase because, you know, that one's they'll, – they'll be expecting Chase. And we've talked about how they kind of do that type of thing where they think about it a little too much. Maybe it's the T. T can jump over these corners. He did it last year. So I think uh, I think they just need to let it loose against the Jets and not play too aggressively, but just build some of the excitement back because this team was very exciting last year, and it should be an exciting team right now. Quarterback Joe Burrow, I feel like, is a hot topic on social media right now. It could be from opposing fans, national media, local media, fans in general. I feel like it's very 50-50. Some people are looking at his play and saying, he's got to play better. Uh, Then you have the other group saying, well, if the offensive line was better, Joe would be better. I think it's okay to admit that both are playing bad. Both aren't great right now. But it's not all just on one person or one unit. It's it's on both because what you've seen when you go back and you look at Joe Burrow in the Dallas Cowboys game, Joe in 2021 probably makes those throws or, you know, is a little more aggressive. Or when he did have a clean pocket, which doesn't happen all the time, but when he did, he didn't get rid of it. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one play in particular. The Cowboys run a really cool play at least the front end. It's something that Georgia got famous for last year. It's why Jordan Davis didn't get all these sacks. It's called odd mirror five. And to break that down terminology wise, odd is just mean they got a guy head up over the center. Mirror is that they have this spy, which was late in Van Der Esch in this situation. And five is, this is the part that I think trips some people up, uh, cover five in Saban and Georgia and basically the entire SEC because that's all Saban tree. <laughs> is uh two man so it's just two man with a guy head up over the center and somebody spying now the other cool part about it is parsons is the dude and when they watch that dude if he goes inside the defensive tackle comes around and contains if he goes outside the tackle rushes normally but he kind of watching it's kind of like a cool you think of stunts and this is kind of a cool watch me type stunt and parsons goes inside so the tackle goes outside the thing that sucks for burrow is he feels parsons come inside and he says "Ooh, let me go create outside the tackle wrapped around to the outside. So then he kind of stops, looks forward, and there's the spy. And it kind of worked perfectly. But T. Higgins is open on a deep in dig route. And the Joe Burrow of last year, I feel like he's shown it before. He's got that quick twitch, insane accuracy, really quick release to stop his feet, set him, and fire that in there, and then probably take a hit while he's doing it. But the Joe Burrow that – is taken six sacks at this point and took seven last week. He's taken a crap ton of hits, kind of just runs and slides down and lives for another day. I know I've kind of said he should do that a little bit with uh, some of the throws, some of the checkdowns, but not like that, <laughs> not sliding into a sack. I, I really wanted to see him hit that throw because that would have been vintage Joe Burrow. And I think it's coming back. I think it will come back. I think he tried to swing the pendulum too far the other way uh, against the Steelers. He was forcing things and he was a little sped. He was a little uh, slow. And then this week he's a little sped up and he's trying to play very conservative. So he doesn't turn the ball over and lose the game. That middle ground is where he needs to be. And I think he'll get there. 
What would you say to people who don't see that Joe is not Joe right now? Um, yeah. Because it's out there. You know it's out there. There are a lot of people who are like, no, it's Joe's fine. Like he's, it's not him. It's everyone else. And it's it's okay to admit because when he's the franchise quarterback, you, you can criticize him. That's okay. We, we haven't had to. Luckily, because he's played so well, but unfortunately, that's just going to happen. Yeah, it's just, it could be a little bit of rust because he didn't practice as much and he didn't play any of the preseason games. So I think he's leaving some of these throws on the field too. He's not as deadly accurate as he normally is. Um, again, I think all this comes back. I think it's going to regulate itself. Um, I think Joe Burrow is that guy. But yeah, you do need to kind of admit like, He's not the Joe Burrow of last year, especially not late last year, where that guy, I don't know, step on the field. He's creating, he's able to create in structure and out of structure. He's on time with everything. He's hanging, moving in the pocket and avoiding sacks and throwing. It's not there right now. And it's okay to say that it's, it's just, uh, I think it comes down to everything. I think Joe Burrow isn't playing up to what should be his standard. Like, if this is the standard you have for Joe Burrow being fine, that's a pretty low standard. My standard's higher. I think his fine should be better than this. I think this is below what I expect from Joe Burrow, and he's going to get better. Uh, but it is also the offensive line, while not a disaster, is playing at a level that is causing him uh, – to speed up a little bit. It's they're giving him unnecessary pressure. They're not playing well. They're playing worse. They're playing worse than Burrow. I mean, I think so, but, but what do you expect of them? I expect to get average, maybe above average play if they're all clicking and they're playing below average right now. So that's a little bit of what I expect, but I don't know what I think is it's a little bit of a structural issue. I think there are, there is some validity to the complaints that have happened to Zach Taylor. Not all of them. He's not responsible for everything. None of these guys are responsible for everything. When I say that Joe Burrow is sped up and he's not moving well in the pocket, that just means what I'm saying there. And I'm not saying he's at fault for every sack. He's not, he's not at fault for every pressure. He's not, he's not at fault for the offense being terrible right now. Bad, at least maybe not terrible, but bad terrible to start games. He's not, it's not all him. It's not all Taylor. It's not all the offensive line. It's not all Mixon, but you do have a group of uh, variables that are all playing below what you expect. And you hear, I think a lot of people are sick of hearing about regression, regression, but regression can be positive too. And with everybody playing below what you expect from them, except I don't know, maybe chase and the interior of the offensive line, that regression will come back and they will get better. So I think it gets better. It's just off to a slow start because there's a lot of people playing below what you would hope for them to do. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think one thing that would help Joe Burrow in the offensive line alone is if the run game was better. And that's not going very well right now. I mean, all the pressure is going to be on Joe, his receiver is the offensive line when you can't get anything going on the ground. 
What did you think about Joe Mixon and just this run game overall? Yeah, I mean, I think people are getting a little bit quick to criticize Joe Mixon a lot. I think he's played below what you expect out of him, similar to Burrow. I don't think it's been terrible, but it's just I expect Mixon to play at this level, and he's currently playing below that right now. Uh, I don't think he's missing a ton of reads. He missed one bad one, and other than that, I think he's made good decisions in the backfield. I think that's one of his better traits. Uh, and then the offensive line run blocking, I don't think it's – they're trying. They're trying a whole bunch of different runs because I think they're realizing – that maybe the wide zone running game under center isn't the way that they should be trying to win. This isn't, shouldn't be the bread and butter. doesn't mean you cut it out completely, but this isn't the run play that they hope it could be where they just run it into any front, any situation, honestly, like they could last year, just different personnel. And I thought they would be fine, but Lyle Collins is looking a little bit slower than he did in the past. And you just get a few, little things that's like uh, they're not playing up to where I expect, like I've been talking about. And now when they run the duo play, which is a, a like more of a power type run play, no poolers, but you're getting double teams and pushing vertically. They're doing a little bit better at that because all the fault we're giving law calls, that guy can still move people. Uh, he's still powerful. He's not been that guy in pass protection, but in the run game, he's still powerful and moving guys. And even on the left side, they're doing pretty good on these double teams and in the interior, they do a good job. So I think they're going to move to more of a gap duo as their bread and butter. And I also think that's going to work a little bit better for their play action stuff, hopefully at least, um, because their boot game has been pretty bad off of wide zone. So I think they're just feeling everything out. It's a whole new unit. And we had Duke on last week. He said six to eight weeks. You hope it's earlier, but I think it's not going to be six weeks of it's this bad. And then bam, they all click. And then it jumps right up. I think it's going to be a gradual climb. And we are at the lowest stages right now of this communication. And I hope uh, so. knowing, knowing everybody, I can't imagine it gets much worse. So it's going to get better over time. They're going to get used to playing with each other, and I think they're going to find the run plays that these guys really excel at. What are you going to tell the crowd when uh, the Chris Evans hype is out there? And, and we've already talked about this. We tried to warn the people. You tried to warn the people that it's just not – it's probably not going to happen. Hey, Samaj P. Ryan, he blocked Micah Parsons one-on-one -on -one for that two-point conversion. I want some respect for Samaj P. Ryan because I hear everybody saying that guy's nothing. That guy does blah, blah, blah. That guy just had the, the most impressive play of the game for the offense on that two-point conversion. So you want Chris Evans to get in the game, you're going to take that guy off the field because neither one of them is going to play much over Joe Mixon. That's just what it is. It, Joe Mixon is the best running back at running the ball. And they want that because when your offensive line is not blocking too well, you can't start throwing back variables back there that are going to run worse. At least that's what I think. You're going to try to win football games with this team. This isn't this isn't a rebuilding team. They just made a Super Bowl, so they got to win a couple games. And Joe Mixon is their best running back for that. And I don't think you get. I know the PFF score is high. I just don't think I can envision five foot nine hundred eighty pound Chris Evans doing that same thing that Samaj P. Ryan was able to do in pass protection. I this is where the PFF scores and what I'm seeing aren't gonna match up because I think you have seven snaps in his career in pass protection for Chris Evans and Samaj P. Ryan is the big ball bowling ball of this team and he will do the dirty work. So I like what Samaj P. Ryan has done. I think he's a good pass protecting running back. He's smart 
And I just think that's hard to replace. And like I've said before is I think what they value is a running back that can pass protect. They don't value as much to get a running back to catch a ball at one yard of, of depth and then to run five. They don't care about getting the extra five, six yards. They care about that guy stopping Micah Parsons on the edge, picking up linebackers, keeping Joe Burrow clean. We'll never forget the Super Bowl, but you have to remember the AFC Championship game when he ran for the touchdown. So, Samaje P. Ryan, we'll, we'll give you some credit on this podcast. And I think Chris Evans does get reps, but I think it's when the offense is finally clicking and you're kind of having fun out there. Maybe you're up a couple scores and this offense is just lighting it up. And maybe you try something different with Chris Evans and it's more of, you know, in the air, not on the ground. So, it's not happening yet, fans got to stay with Joe Mixon. But next, we dedicated a whole entire segment to the offensive line. We'll have more on that on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.